Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down and chat with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self. So let's get started. Welcome, Amy. So I know that today we are going to have an incredible conversation. We're going to be talking about all the things that we love to talk about just in general on the podcast, but in our everyday lives, we talk about people pleasing, perfectionism, burnout. Oh my goodness, is this not like the time of the year where it feels like, okay, we're burning out. We need to find that rest. We need to find our inner peace and just be like, listen, why are we working so hard when we forget to live? So. I know that today's conversation, we're going to take that deep dive in. So, Amy, I'm going to pass this off for you to lead in and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Rachel. I'm excited to be here on the Confident Woman podcast. I I love talking about confidence with the different people that I'm around in my work. But today, a little bit about me. Not only am I a TEDx and international speaker, I also am a bestselling co-author and executive life coach. And one of the things that that really drives me is helping individuals to realize that they are enough. And I think there's an interesting energy around that part of recognizing, I call it remembering that we are enough, because I believe that as young, young children, they know they're enough right away. And we, we, it's almost like a forgetting that happens over time which is really, really sad to think about. But that's one of the things that I love to bring back to the work that I do with people is that they are enough. And when we talk about things like burnout, when we talk about even things like confidence, this is an underlying thing that ripples through everything. Uh, And the other layer that I talk about a lot is our well-being and our wellness, that that self-care, the self-love component that ripples through everything as well. So I I have a I'm a mom of three, very crazy, wild, busy, athletic humans, married to a, a passionate man about who's passionate about baseball. So it, it's a, a very full life that I'm grateful to have, and uh, the opportunity to to speak with you today is just wonderful. So thank you. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm over here just like yeah, the the concept of feeling like you're not enough, and it's like you know I I wrote my whole book, you know, chasing perfection. It was like the drive and the strive of being enough. And, you know, when we look at that enoughness, it we tend to look at how we measure that enoughness is based off of our merits, our worth, our, you know, what we can produce, what we can, you know, how we can perform. And really that translates into like us being human doers instead of that human being. So I can really relate to so much of what you just shared. And I think this is actually what brought us together is because of our common interest in in just spreading that word and helping to, you know, whether it's to empower or to educate others to prevent that, you know, helping them see yeah. some of those signs and signals ahead of time before it is too late and they hit that crash and burn. And, you know, that can actually be the the destruction of something so beautiful that you've worked so hard for when we don't have that awareness and insight to kind of, you know, pull, push on the brakes, at least not so much of like a hard stop, but recognizing yeah. some of those signals and cues before it is too late. Yeah. I really like what you're talking about, recognizing the signals and the cues. And, you know, for those people listening, it can be things like that feeling of of resentment mm-hmm. that comes up of, well, 
why am I the one that has to do everything? Why is so much on me? That's a really big indicator of maybe some boundaries can be created. Time for yourself, saying no more often. We're really looking into the uh, triggers that uh, bring up the, uh, what will they think of me? Uh, you know, feeling like you're being judged constantly, feeling like there is this need to please all of the people. Well, I don't want to make someone feel, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings or make them feel bad. All of these uh, triggers that cause us to then take specific actions that are not in alignment with ourselves, really. Yeah, that's, I, I think, you know, speaking of personal experience, I can definitely relate to that as well, because, you know, as we go through business and we're trying to create these businesses and brands and, you know, whether you sell, you know, a, a service or a product, we do have to take that in, into consideration, but we also need to make sure that we're checking in with ourselves to make sure that that aligns with, you know, the capacity that we have, right? But also our brand's mission, our vision and our values, like, so much of what we produce is put out there into the world. And of course, it's always going to receive some sort of criticism or feedback. It's just inevitable. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you have to ask, like, where did this place or where the content that you have created, whether, again, digital or, or physical, where is that coming from? What was the intention behind it? And you have to feel good about that before you release that out into the world. And of course, there's always going to be an opinion, a naysayer, somebody who's always got something, right? You can never mm -hmm. just be like, can we just, you know, be happy and successful Let's and be, be kind? Yes, right? <laughs> but there's always somebody. And I want to bring this back for a moment about mindset, because if we're in this place of burnout, we are just like, it's not just the physical burnout. It's the emotional. It's the mental. And then it's just kind of sometimes the spiritual burnout, too, because it's like you pour your heart and soul into this. So, of course, some little comment will will trigger that and we have to be able to discern okay is am i reacting because i'm in a place that i'm highly stressed i'm at maxed out the capacity to carry on more of these burdens and like negativity and it's like we have to get out of our head so that we can look at something with a clear lens and because that feedback or that negative comment can actually be something that is a catalyst for change in your business your products or service you could open take that with an open mind and be like that was a really great point. And so now you're coming at it from a place of a different perspective versus feeling like it's personal because you're in that space. Yeah, I love that. Allowing uh, what may seem as a negative comment to be a new perspective, to be a new tangent of uh, resources or coaching or support that you're providing to people. I love that. I really love that, that idea of a new, a new lens. I talk about that all the time. And I also think there's a layer of one of the things that helps me when I hear perhaps judgment or negative thinking or negative feedback is I'm, no, I'm really not, uh, I'm not meant to hear some of these things, right? That the, these uh, negative uh, pieces of feedback are a reflection more of those individuals, right? Hurt people hurting people. But, but like you said, there's an opportunity for us as people who are here to serve and show loving kindness and help people rise up from feeling, you know, less than or unworthy, not enough, uh, in that 
you know, maybe negative space where they're lashing out at others is to to have empathy and compassion for the person who is saying the the negative thing as well. And that's pretty hard to do when maybe there's a judgment or a negative thing that's been said about ourselves. Uh, but there's real power and awesome confidence that can come when you see that if you can find your own sense of worthiness and your own confidence and your own love for yourself and your own peace within and all of those things, it's like this protective barrier or a suit of armor that helps you, you know, navigate some of these negative moments. Exactly. Oh, exactly. I love I love the analogy of putting on that suit of armor, because when we know we're, we're putting something out there, we live in a virtual online space, there will always be something. So daggers will always be thrown. But if you, again, don't protect that mind space and protect your integrity behind it, then those things can penetrate our armor and get into us. And that's where we start to feel resentful, bitter, anger, you know, all those all those negative feelings, because all we're doing then is mirroring back the pain that somebody else voiced on us. But if we can discern the difference and say, wait a minute, hold on, that's actually a really great feedback point. Like, I, you know what? I bet you if that person says this, somebody else might be thinking that. So now you're coming at it from that place of being protective where you're not letting it get to the inner stuff. And oddly enough, that reminds me of an example when we had launched one of our, our products and we put it out there and I was so proud of it, so proud of it. And one of the feedback came back and it was all in capitals on a review. So, you know, this person's angry at this point. I was like, how dare they? Because then like, they don't know the effort that went into it. And I took it. I took that part personal, but I didn't react on his on his feedback. And I said, let me stew on this because there's something beneath this. And when I chewed on it, you know, took slept on it overnight and I came back and I said, you know what? This guy's right. We this was a miss on our part that we totally missed something blatantly obvious, apparently. That's what it was said. And I said, I get it. So I had to go correct the mistake, make right with the customer, and figure all the stuff out. But to his point, it was something so simple that when we take that personal, we're gonna look at it and lash out and think it's the other person's fault. But we have to discern the difference. And, you know, it was just a really big lesson for me at that point was to always check everything, make sure, you know, from a, a marketing perspective, how it's going to be received and not just from, you know, your peers and family because they're always, oh, yeah, sounds great. It looks great. Okay, you go. And it's like you put it out there and then sometimes you get that feedback. So I hear you. I hear you. Well, and I, I want to celebrate you for taking that moment to pause and to reflect and to be with the maybe feeling of uncomfortable energy. And that's the lesson. That's one of the lessons here, you know, when we're in this state of burnout or, um, you know, sense of overwhelm, we may react in ways that are not, again, in alignment with who we really want to be and who we want to show up as. And I love that you did that, that you took a moment to, and you took the the evening to process and to find the learning, right? What is, what is the opportunity here that this person is showing me? That's so incredible. Yeah, that was uh, something I, I, you know, to be honest, I was kind of like, wow, 
that was a really good, I felt really good coming back to it with a fresh lens and perspective. And I think that that, mm -hmm. you know, to your point, having that power of pause. And mm -hmm. I want to talk about that for a moment, because I think that that's such a valid point and something that maybe, you know, in, in the hustle and bustle of every day, like we're just, we're, we're doers, right? We're high achieving women. We are perfectionists. We are just go, go, go. So sometimes taking that pause feels like a big, like, you know, setback almost. It's like a, a you know, hitting that speed bump. You're like, oh, this is slowing me down. But there's so much wisdom that comes from the pause. And I'd love to hear your perspective on that as well. Yeah. I, you know what? I would say one of my biggest areas of growth over the last few years is stepping into that even more, stepping into moments of, of pause and not getting incredibly like I used to hung up in the do, 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 go, 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 fast, 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 push, 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 uh, energy that it feels like the rest of the world is in constantly. And if you're not doing that, then how are you possibly going to keep up? There is uh, so much peace that can come even with small moments. And often people would, you know, describe me as someone who is very high energy and, you know, the Energizer Bunny, go, go, go. And I, I said, you know, I, I think I want to try and learn how to meditate. I didn't have a clue how that would happen for me because I couldn't sit still ever. And it's definitely been a, a growth journey. Now, I'm not suggesting that the, the power of pause has to be meditation. Simply taking the act of, of taking a few deep breaths before you jump onto your next Zoom meeting can be a beneficial starting place. And that's what I'm always about. How can we start the habit, start the practice of taking a moment for ourselves, taking that, taking a little bit of control back over our time in that we don't have to rush to every single meeting. We don't have to. We are choosing to. And can we choose to stop for a moment and take a breath? Can we choose to? go and say, okay, I, I've got, sure, I've got, like everyone else, I've got probably 25, 30, 40 things that are on the to-do list in quotes there. But I, I really have been aiming to prioritize the moments of taking stillness and the significant change that I've seen in my business simply from doing that action, even though it's not a doing some might say it's I'm not doing anything when I'm sitting in stillness and taking breaths and being calm and being reflect. Although they might say, well, Amy, you're not doing anything. <laughs> you're checking things off your list. But my goodness, it's so powerful and beneficial for uh, my mental health. And I believe for uh, my ability to uh, attract in new things uh, and new opportunities. I love that you shared that because I, I think, you know, that's something I I personally had struggled with that at the very beginning. I'm, I'm much like you, constant racing of thoughts to us driving so much in our businesses and just going through life that it's just like we almost become like on autopilot where we're just going through the motion, check, 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 check. And it's like, wait, when when did we, when was the last time we checked in with ourselves? And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe we haven't. And then asking yourself, well, what, what do we really need at this point? But taking that, you know, moment to step back, assess ourselves, check in with ourselves. And when we look at like the moment of pause, pause is just, maybe it's just like two big, deep breaths in and out, right? And sometimes we're like, well, we don't have time for that. I'm like, well, you're breathing as it is. So 
let's just slow our breathing, right? Because we're connecting our heart and our mind and our lungs and all this, all the processes, right? So we're slowing down intentionally in a mind space that doesn't feel like it's running and it's that chaos and it's taking over our, our control. But also in that moment of pause is where we get to, you know, more or less like rest and restore. And what I have found is in that pause or even in, in like resting, like pulling back so that we can recognize again, burnout, right? We'll go, go so hard. We'll hit, uh, you know, the, the, our dead ends here. And I realized that it, to, be, to be a performer or a high achiever in any capacity, we do, have to ha- we do have to incorporate the power of rest. And in that rest, like you said, where it says, I'm not doing anything, you're doing the most right in that pause, right in that rest. And they're like, well, what do you mean? You're not checking things off your box. Right. Because what you're doing, you're creating, you're inspiring, you're strategizing, you're envisioning. You're, you're aligning your heart and your purpose. That translates into the actions that we do. And we miss the mark because we think that if we don't give us that space to do, then what is the doing? No, it's kind of like a chicken and the egg thing. And what I found is like in this pause, there's so much of this inspiration, creativity, all the goodness that comes from there. And this is actually what has inspired our entire business and model and everything by practicing that rest. Because when I was burnt out, not the first time, but Many times I've been burned out, to be honest. But <laughs> it's kind of like you learn from the mistakes, but then they show up in different areas and you're like, ooh, that's that same thing. Yes, I recognize it now. But honor and cherish that and really relish in the moment of being present, present in the pause, present in the rest, present in, in who you are, because that will translate into all that you actually do and perform. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. I love that you've brought up the, the concept of, of being present. And I think we have an opportunity to to dig into that a little bit of like, okay, so how do we be present so that people listening can actually go, okay, this is this is me being present. I'm taking this action right now. And so one of the things that uh, there's a few different ways that I like to teach uh, even micro presence, let's call it. But it's number one would be pressing your thumb and your uh, pointer finger together and rubbing them in a way in which you can actually feel the ridges of your fingerprints. So you are being that focused on that movement that no other thoughts, no other to do's, no other conversations or tasks can be happening at that moment you were so present that you the only thing possible is those two fingers touching so it's having many moments like that if we're getting at the very micro level of training how do we be present how we take that pause it's really taking the moment to do something very singularly focused Even uh, another one is as you're sitting here listening, wherever you are, whether you're driving or standing in your kitchen or wherever you might be, actually pushing your toes down in your shoes one at a time or into your slippers or into your socks or wherever and feeling each individual toe taking that moment to breathe. Another one that I really love is that I came across was when you're feeling 
like, okay, your heart is kind of racing and your mind is kind of racing and you're in that state. If you happen to be in a place where you can look out the window and notice the weather and actually spell the weather you see outside. Have you ever tried spelling out the word raining while thinking about or talking about something else, right? I'm talking to you right now, so I, I can't even continue the dialogue and think about how I would spell the word raining, let's say, while I'm, it's very challenging, yeah. right? It's good. You're trying to do the two things at once. Right. But if we can take a moment, take a breath, look out the window, spell out the word raining, R-A-I-N-I-N-G, right? I can spell Yami, but it's that moment. I've taken that moment to breathe, to be present, to look out the window even. That is just a one little small way that we can practice this being in that moment, being present with ourselves. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love, I love that exercise. And of course you're doing it. And so those people that are listening, I'm watching Amy on our screen on a recording. And oddly enough, I'm finding myself, I'm like, my toes are moving. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know. You know? And so maybe that was you or you're like, wait, I'm driving and I'm like, my toes are curling up. And it's like, okay, that's totally normal because we're putting in this narrative. So actually that's a really great point because what else are we also consuming that we're like uh, you know, what is it, subconsciously just doing and not thinking about. We're just on this autopilot, right? So bringing you back to that pause in the present moment allows you to understand actually what you're, you know, I guess we'll keep it with peace, perform and produce, right? So what are you, what are you performing right now? You know, how are you showing up for yourself? And, you know, sometimes even when we take this into the, the power of presence, like in the here and now, we can simply find moments to be joyful and grateful for in those present moments too. Like I have toes. I have, I have an opportunity that, you know, I can connect or, you know, gratitude doesn't necessarily have to be something so monumental. Sometimes we miss the micro moments that matter. Like, you know, having, having toes, that simple thing, right? Not everybody is blessed with that. Having the ability to listen and tune into this podcast, to have the ears to listen, to have the means to turn on right? Gratitude can be extended in so many different ways, but it keeps us here in the present because as we scan and take in our, our surroundings, we're, we're in the present moment. So yes, it's a beautiful gift that we get to give ourselves. And this has been a year that me, that I'm personally really making it a priority. I know that I've straddled present because I'm over here looking back at my past, say, okay, what didn't work? And then it's like, we're over here looking at the future. Like, how do we get to there? And it's like how we get to anywhere is day by day, step by step. So this is the present moment that we get to give ourselves. Yes. And I find I I often, you know, live, I live a very full life. I often hear people saying, man, you're so busy. You're so busy. You're so busy. Yes, it's a full life. <laughs> it's a full life. But what I'm focused on is right where we are right now. If I'm at the hockey game, I'm at the hockey game. I'm not thinking about the you know, list of things that I have to do for work and the list of things that I have to do for home and all the things that, you know, we got to buy and go to and let's just be right here in this moment, tuned into that with our, with our, our, our body, our physical body, but also our mind as well. Yeah. 
And it's it's pretty cool when, you know, we start to look back, you know, we see these these little micro moments, like I said, adding up to the bigger moments. And it's like all these things are little tips and tools and strategies that you get to, you know, add to your tool belt to help you empower like these, you know, and navigate through these seasons that are going to, you know, pull and demand and need us. But it's also our our personal responsibility to take advocacy over our lives, over those um, domains of our lives. Because if we don't have those boundaries, if we don't, you know, protect and prioritize, somebody else will be taking from that. And that's why it's so important. So again, recognizing this before burnout. So burnout isn't just in business, but it's part of life. And the bulk of what we do is in our business. So that's kind of where we were starting with that part. But, you know, recognizing here and, you know, today. So it's like, for example, Amy shared that she has three kids. She's all over the place with their, their sports and their <laughs> athletics. And you know, and Amy's over here like, I've recognized that if I just give in to the, everything that I have to do, what is left for me at the end of the day? So I'd love for you to share some of your tips and strategies about self-care and prioritization and boundaries as well. For sure. Thank you. So self-care, prioritization and boundaries. So number one, uh, I, when it comes to self-care, I really believe that there are many, many moments in our day that we get to recognize as moments of self-care as opposed to brushing over them and ignoring them and not noticing. So for example, as I am uh, putting on my face cream in the morning, I am like enjoying that I'm actually getting to put the face cream on. One, I've, I have it. Two, that I, I like my skin is enjoying it. It feels nice. I am aiming to be present with these small moments of activities we're already doing, right? The fact that, you know, while I'm brushing my teeth, I might move my body a little bit. I might do some squats or I might do some, I really like uh, side bends while I'm, I'm brushing my teeth. And that's me, you know, honestly doing self-care of movement, that I want to move my body. I'm not just going to stand here and scrub my teeth. I'm going to use this time to move my body. And I also in my bathroom have this little sticker on the mirror that says you are enough. So I'm reminding myself that I'm enough and I'm saying some kind things to myself. So I believe that self-care doesn't have to necessarily just be, okay, I'm going to go and book myself a massage or I'm going to go and have a hot bath because that seems to be the only thing that some people think of when you think of self-care. But like, sure, those things are wonderful and beautiful and do those things. But there are so many moments. One of my, my favorite ones is that I have had a smoothie for breakfast for, my goodness, probably 13 years going on every single day because I was noticing at the beginning of having children that I wasn't fueling myself to the level that I wanted to. And I'm important. And in order to serve everybody and help everybody and be, you know, of around, we have to fuel our, fuel our body. And so I, I made that commitment to myself that that was the way I was going to show myself love and care. And, and I get excited about the kinds of frozen fruit I'm going to put in uh, that day, you know, like little things. To show yourself love and care are beautiful. I have these amazing earplugs that I use to get a better sleep. I mean, it's it sounds so simple. And some people may not say, oh, earplugs are from a self-care. Heck yes, for me, they are. Mm -hmm. It's like noticing that my sleep isn't where I want it. So I'm going to use tools and techniques to help me get to that next place. That's self-care. That's self-love. Loving yourself enough to 
buy the earplugs, right? Yep. Take the step. And then boundaries. There's a number of different things that I do when it comes to boundaries, but I, I'm very clear about expectations and boundaries when it comes to clients. So people know when they can reach me, when I may not respond. I like to be open with that communication to let individuals know, okay, I, I'm busy over here, but I'm available in this way. Another thing that my kids would would say is sometimes my way of of refueling and taking care of myself is to read. And so they'll come upstairs. They they'll be like, "Where? Where's mommy? Where's mommy?" Right? That mommy, right? And they'll seek me out, and they'll notice I'm reading. And this is a time of of pause and and rest and rejuvenation and all the beautiful things. And of course, you know, I, I'm not doing this 24 hours a day. But there might be a few moments where I'll pull out the book and I'll put my feet up and I'll. I'll have a moment to read and then I'll close the book and I'll get on with the next uh, part of my day, right? But they know that that's uh, something that I really, really enjoy. And they joke with me about it and joke about it, right? That, you know, mommy's reading again. But this is something that brings me peace and calm. And for some people, it's yoga or crossword puzzles or going for a walk or gardening, you know, playing Sudoku, like there might be a, a variety of different ways that people go and find that fuel, but communicating the boundary of, okay, mommy's just taking 10 minutes right now before going and starting dinner or before we have to leave to go to cheerleading or hockey or wherever we're going. And you can go find something else to take care of your time while I'm doing this activity, right? Just being clear with what's happening. I love that because, you know, it's like, you know, giving yourself pause for those 10 minutes. And even though the kids can see you are that you're physically there, there's that respect of this is boundaries. You know, whatever is needed can wait 10 minutes. 10 minutes, obviously for a kid seems like 10 years. And so it's like for them, you're practicing the restraint and control to not react because, you know, as a mom, you're always in demand and needed. So it's like, mom, so-and-so he's poking me or so-and-so is looking at me. Right. So it's like, you're you're teaching your kids at that moment that it's like, listen, all that stuff, that can wait. It's not important. Does it need mom's attention? No, you see, these are the cues and the signals. Mom has a book. That means whatever, you know, sibling is bothering, you could pull back. So I love that you can pull this analogy into every other day, you know, every everyday life, but also in business too, because how much of like, you get an email and it's like, oh, we got to stop everything to react to it. You say, no, this is the boundary. Those emails want after set time will go into tomorrow's queue and you start prioritizing now so that it's not feeling like everything is demanding on the spot and so needed of you and your attention. So that that helps us keep one in the present moment two our focus and three protective of our boundaries. Well, also four, because we're doing the things that we love and those are parts that cherish and nourish our our soul. Right. So it's like self-care. I love that you brought up the the bubble baths and the massage and things like that. Those are all well and good. But to your point, when somebody had asked me, gosh, I was just publishing my book and somebody asked, well, what are you going to do to celebrate your book? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I didn't think about it because it was just on my to-do list. I've been working at it for like a year or so, but finally it's done. I could cross it off. And they're like, no, that's not celebrating. So I was like, well, what does that look like? What would celebration look like knowing I work so hard at something? What is a form of like, I wouldn't say like self-care 
in that capacity, but it was because it was something I was longing for. I was like, what do I need to feel, you know, accomplished and celebrated and feel good about myself? And that was the first time I really took pause because I never did. And I use that in the context of celebration as a form of self-care as well, because you're praising yourself, right? If you're not going to clap for you, who is? If you're not going to take care of yourself, who is? If you're not going to, you know, check in with yourself to see what you truly need on the inside, who is? And what you need could be simply like a hug or just a compliment or a smile or something that just kind of you're looking outside yourself once you've checked in. And those are those moments to really appreciate and be grateful for. And then we can look at self-care as like, yeah, the actual caring. What what does that look like? It's like, again, nourishing and, and you know, complimenting your soul in that capacity. So for me personally, I, I put them in four different buckets. And it's kind of what I pull from like my fit from within philosophy. And my form of self-care is checking in mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. How am I taking care of those four domains of my life? And those are important because those are, to me, like the foundational pieces to which I build my life upon. So always taking care of those buckets are not always an easy task, but it's something to be mindful of. It's like, you know, how you're going about your day. Where are you spending that time and energy? How are you uh, showing up for yourself? And so we're just sharing these tips and, you know, tricks and things that work for us. And we're hoping that our listeners here can kind of pick and choose or try them on and you know, and that's the beauty of it is that anything that we put out there is like content or shared experiences are meant for you to try on. If they fit, cool. If not, that's cool too, because now you know, and you're just moving forward and trying to navigate the best of your best, what works best for you in your life in those situations. So I think, you know, when we talk about self-care, prioritization, boundary setting, and just being really present and mindful especially going into seasons where we know there's a pressure and demand to perform. And then there's also the season where we get to rest and recover and restore. So I think it's a great you know, paradigm that we can balance each other in our seasons of our lives. And I think that when we talk about just real quick on like the whole concept of work-life balance, it's not about you know going to work and then coming home and having that balance. It's not always going to have that perfect fit mold but it's about these seasons. It's about the chapters. It's about the new things that are coming into your life and the constant evolution to grow and shed and become and learn and grow and all those stuff. So I love our our conversation and our take on this. And I love to just have you share a few additional things that maybe are on your mind coming from, you know, the place of the work that you do as well with your clients and helping them to really uncover and unleash that potential that's within. Thank you. I I think as we're wrapping up today, the the thing that I would leave people with is actually around language. That's what I I, I do a lot of uh, coaching around how people are speaking to themselves. I think there's a, a big link uh, between how they uh, experience burnout, uh, perfectionism, how they experience even growth and success and, and the words, the language that they're using to, with themselves, uh, I would, I would guide people to take a look at this next day. So not even the week or the month, but this next day, how often are you saying the words, I need to, I have to, I should either to yourself or out loud in front of your family, in front of your, your your clients or your coworkers, 
the individuals in your life, how often are you saying these words to yourself and into your, your energetic kind of sphere around you? There is a lot of uh, opportunity for growth when we begin to look at how we are communicating with ourselves and the kinds of messages that were flowing into our hearts and our minds all day long all week long, all year long. And, and that would be a place where if we can begin to shift that, a lot of our habits and our actions, our behaviors can follow to the place that we were aspiring to go. So if we're constantly saying, I have to, I need to, I should, which is very negative, pressure-filled, overwhelming kind of language, Words like I get to, I choose to, I want to even. I don't love the word try, but it's it's better than I need to, right? So choosing a better feeling thought, moving ourselves in the direction of the, the place that we want to go, the feelings that we want to have, the experience we want to have in our life, beginning with how are we speaking? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, I, I actually just made a, a post about this too. It's like, you know, our words have power. You know, what we speak to and about ourselves is it becomes our reality. And, and I was, I was a person who really spoke from that negative context because I didn't really see the value in myself. Therefore, I couldn't see the value and potential of what I can achieve. So I, I essentially was limiting myself. But I, I challenge those that are listening, you know, how many times do we open our mouths and it's, oh, I can't, or, you know, that's all great, but, right? And so we start, we start justifying, we start placating excuses based off of our own perceived value of, of what we're capable of, how we, you know, what we think of ourselves. So yeah, our words have tremendous power. That is why it's always important to, you know, what even the things that we're sharing here, what we're ingesting into our ears are being internalized, how we're processing this, you know, and adapting the the content that we're sharing, if it's applicable to your life. So just be mindful of that because sometimes we take words at face value and we just accept it and we move on. But again, having that thinking brain versus like the doing brain will also discern, you know, how you take action or whether you take rest. And so I think that this is a, a beautiful conversation to really take note, especially going into the holidays and to the season of, of our new year and all the things that we want to create and aspire to be in this new in this new beginnings. It all starts with how we perceive ourselves and what we're doing today to take care of that and nurture it. So thank you, Amy. And I'd love for you just to share real quick about some of the things that you have upcoming or ways that people can follow you along and connect with you as well. Yes, thank you. So on Instagram, it's at Amy Ballantyne, LinkedIn, Amy Ballantyne, uh, pretty well wherever you are online, Amy Ballantyne, amyballantyne.com or Ballantyne Coaching is the other website to, to connect with. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Of course, all that will be in the show notes. So be sure to check those below and connect with Amy. So thank you. Thank you. Hey there, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. 